Hey there, I'm Keith Malley. I'm Hemda. We host Keith and the Girl, a podcast that started in March of 2005, going on 17 years. And we're somehow missing you. We talk about news, entertainment, and our and our guests' personal lives. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, like uh, Keith catfished his father for a year, and that's how he found out what makes his daddy's libido jingle. Oh, daddies. Oh, God. All right, well, Hemda had two abortions. Hmm? He probably did, too. All right. Well, uh, Hemda's husband cheated on her. We talked about that. Keith probably did, too. Uh, Keith smoked a banana peel to get high when he was in the army. Uh, Hemda abandoned the Israeli army. Hmm? She said, no, thanks. Keith once smoked crack. He said, yes, thanks. Uh, Hemda's a square, thanks. Keith doesn't know how to swim. Hemda probably did, too. What? Anyway, I don't know. It's Keith and the girl... And we're missing you as a listener. Where you been? Let's catch up. Subscribe for free to Keith and the Girl wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Test, test, test. Thank you for talking to me. No problem. I think anyone who's not in love with you as a pro golfer is sort of got their head up their ass, don't you think? Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, you know, everybody has their favorites and, you know, there's a statistic somewhere that one in five people will not like you, even if they've never met you. So not everybody can like you. I didn't. That's an interesting stat. That yeah. sort of that sort of takes 20 percent off the table. You obviously don't go on Twitter and Instagram then, do you not? <laughs> I don't do too much Twitter. I, I do a little more Instagram. But the, the, the thing that would I would imagine put awe into anybody's thinking of you is just the simple quick stats the three stats right right 22 years of par player of the year five continents with wins four decades with wins it's like how does that just not fill everyone's heart with like a warm feeling uh, that is nice but i think it's more that you know this is my 28th year and people have watched me grow up out here and kind of bonded to me or not bonded to me you know they've either liked me or not liked me but they've had a long time to see me and make a, a judgment on it and make their minds up really yeah um obviously you know to the people that you know enjoy watching golf they, they're going to know the stats uh of career wins and places i've won and things like that and how many rider cups i've played in but uh for people that don't watch golf and you just sort of say my name people will come up with he's never won a major and stuff like that but you know golf careers about you know whilst they are highly judged on major championships you know that uh, there's more to a career than that isn't there and, uh, you know, I'm going into like a period in my career now where, you know, the, the longevity of it's becoming apparent to everybody. You know, playing at a high level of any sport takes a lot of doing and, you know, a lot of uh, commitment and um, desire, really. Desire to do the stuff away from the golf course and golf tournaments that people don't see. You know, the, the hard work in the gym to keep yourself in shape because it gets older as you gets harder as you get older. <laughs> and, uh, and that kind of stuff, really, the, the will to just keep on, you know, trying to improve you know I'm, I've got to 47 and I feel like I can still improve I've been out on the range now and it balls for for an hour and a half and I feel like I'm as good as I've ever hit it so you know I'm, I'm playing what my 25th or 6th Dubai, Dubai Desert Classic and you know I'm still wanting I'm still turning up wanting to win it and feeling like I can win it if uh, if I keep hitting it like I am you said so many things there um Watch me grow up out here. What does that mean? Well, get older for one thing. You know, when I came out here, I was 19 years of age, which, you know, I've got a son that age. So 
I look at him and he's just a just a baby compared to a, a 47 year old playing golf out here and uh, you know just had 20 28 years of watching me kind of change and develop as a player and as a person you're uh um what what, what books are you reading do you read what do no you, I don't read what no. do you do what do you what do you do when you're like I just need me time and not not, a, not an activity and I know you're into cycling none of, nothing like that like I'm are you into like art or anything creative beyond that no not really no I'm not very not very creative but I've always you know been a very sporty person I played different sports as I was growing up so I just like watching sport on tv and like any sport played you know watching it being played to the highest level seeing people excel in it in something right I don't know there's some you 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 could do uh audiobooks you've got <laughs> there's a great there's a great uh cadence to your to your speech and I thought maybe you would like read poetry or something okay maybe go into tv commentary there you go yeah. is that is that interesting are you talking about that that is something I'd like to do in the future, yeah. I'd but, love that. Yeah, I, I mean, I like listening to people on TV that have kind of played the game and yeah. done it to a higher level so they can give the, the viewer an insight into what the, the player's thinking. And, you know, a, a viewer can watch that he's at a 7-9 through the green or he's, he's thinned a bunker shot, but, you know, they want to know the little things that, you know, a, a player or a golfer might be going through or thinking about at a certain time over a certain shot and that only comes from experience i do i do ag agree with you completely i think one of the things that as an amateur i can learn is like course management like like this is a good shot they mm -hmm. are not aiming at this flag yeah fyi yeah that's always interesting yeah i mean uh, in, in years gone by i had billy foster caddy for me and there'd be many a time when i'd hit a shot into a green and he'd and we'd be, be aiming for the left edge of the tv tower and it'd come down bang on the left edge of the TV tower, 25 feet left of the hole, if there was water on the right. And he'd say, hole in one. You know, because I did it, exa <laughs> I did it exactly where he told me to hit it. And, uh, you know, that, there's a lot of that in golf, you know, course management and playing to certain areas and strategic. You know, that is what course management is. Using a strategy to get around a golf course, using your uh, attributes, you know, the things you're good at and trying to avoid the things that you aren't very good at. So it seems like the theme there is almost like safety. Is, is that what it is? I mean, there's certainly times out, out on a golf course where you need to be conservative. Yeah. And Seve was great at being aggressive at the right times when I watched him play. Um, you know, some people have been too aggressive almost. You know, growing up, a hero of mine was Greg Norman and people would argue that he was always aggressive, which, you know, cost him. He won a lot of tournaments because of that. And he ran away with tournaments because of that one by a lot of shots. But he also lost tournaments because he was too aggressive at... At the, at the wrong times. And uh, you watch somebody like Bernard Langer go around a golf course, he plots his way, way around, very meticulous and plays to certain areas. And I think Tiger's good at that as well. You know, he, he's obviously, um, whenever I played with Tiger, I didn't see any weaknesses in his game, but his mental strengths that you don't see and, and the way he plotted his way around a golf course and made a 15 footer for par just to keep the momentum going was something that unless you kind of knew to look for that, weren't evident, but the, you know you could see that they were always there. Going back to the idea of, of growing up in the game, is that something that developed? Did has your how has your game changed? Maybe from a strategy perspective, from emotional, from a you know w w the 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 untangible part of your game. Yeah. How has that changed over your life? Oh, emotionally, you know, I've I've gone through a lot. You know, in the twenty eight years of being out here, um, when you come out here, you know you. You don't know what to expect. You haven't really got any expectations, which is a fantastic way to play golf. You just go out and hit it, find it and hit it again. 
Um, you don't see any dangers out there. Um, you, you haven't had any previous experiences, good or bad. Um, the good ones, obviously, you can carry forward, but the bad ones you like to forget. But as the years go by, it's hard to forget, you know, the bad shots, you, where you might have three put to lose a tournament and stuff like that. You carry them along. So, you know, emotionally and mentally, you know, I've experienced the highs and lows, been to, kind of been to world number four, dropped to world number 300 and then moved back to world number one. So, you know, yo-yoed up and down the world rankings and seen the sides there and came out at 19 and just played in a golf tournament now 48 hosting golf tournaments and seeing all the the stuff that goes into them you know I, I feel a lot more rounded as a as a person now when it, what has done that is is that is that cuz cuz I look at your life especially with the the world the the the, the life of of traveling the world is it that is it is it just being alone on the grass playing a game essentially against yourself is it you can't it, it's definitely experiences you know I, I i sit back now and i'm i'm i love the fact that i've played everywhere you know i've, I've not I, I won on the pga tour in 98 and it would have been very easy to just take my pga tour card and, and i've played the last 20 years on the pga tour and that that would have been fantastic and it would have been you know an easier way to do it but you know i i, I played on the european tour i'm from england i like being in england so i didn't move over there i like playing around the rest of the world which has given me the experiences in in asia and south africa in australia I played in south america as well as playing obviously in europe and and the states so you know i've i've had to make constant changes and, and be able to adapt and adapt quickly being out here so i think that makes you more rounded as well yeah because it's interesting you know i kind of like the difference between the european tour and the pga tour it's basically one's in America and one's not, and one has more money than the other. Mm -hmm. Are there other differences? Not really, no. On the face of it, those are the, di the di differences. So, yeah. And so you and the other gentlemen that could play on the PGA Tour, who choose to play on the European Tour, what's the re it's just because of well, the vibe? I, I'm a, I've been a member of both tours. I'm yeah. a member of both tours again now. Um, I, I play predominantly in Europe, but I have got a card in the in the States, so I'll go over there. I'm going to go and play six events in seven weeks coming up. You're going to do the Florida? Uh, yeah. And uh, it's it's easier to get from tournament to tournament. There's less adjusting to do. Um, you know, you can pretty much drive around the Florida swing. You only, only have to get on an aeroplane once, whereas, you know, last week we were in Abu Dhabi, this week Dubai, then Saudi Arabia, all in the Middle East, but all very different. Um, and then, you know, we'll be playing in, Scotland on links courses at some point and and then in Germany on a parkland course and you know it, it, it changes a lot and you you know you need I think you know somebody that came out and learned his game is Brooks Brooks Kupka and he's and he's obviously won four major championships and I watch him and I watch his game and he's really good at adapting to different things and adapting quickly um Rory's done the same Rory started in in Europe and then went to the PGA Tour you know he's high up there and He's good at adapting. He seems to play well wherever he goes. So I think if you play in Europe, certainly the start of your, your career gives you a lot of experiences and a lot of sometimes adversity that you know challenge you, and you have to you have to think think your way around it and and find a solution to a lot of things. You uh, you you mentioned Scotland and links courses, and you smiled. What what was that? You, you just at links happy. Links golf's very different to anything else you would play you know we're playing here in Dubai this week you you wouldn't see a, a, a shot running into a, um, a green we probably won't have to play in a 30 mile an hour wind um, do you have a preference 
I wouldn't want to play links golf all the time. It's very difficult to keep your swing under control when it when it gets really windy. You know, you have to kind of manipulate the the ball and play different shots, which can throw your swing out a little bit. Whereas if you're playing somewhere like Dubai, you know, it's more like golf as you would find on on a driving range where you just kind of putting a swing on it. It's almost like a simulator. Yeah, it's like there's constant wind. Yeah, the air is always the same temperature and humidity, and yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, links golf is. Um, it's it's almost like you begin to expect the unexpected, and I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, people enjoy playing the the Open Championship, and people love it, love watching the Open Championship because of the unpredictability of it all. I remember a few years ago. Um, playing at Muirfield, I think it was one that Ernie Ells won. People went out early on the Saturday morning having just made the cut, shot four under par, and then in the in the afternoon, because the weather conditions changed, it was virtually unplayable. I think Tiger shot one of his highest ever rounds in the Open Championship that afternoon and wow. played his way out of it. And it brought the it brought the field together. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of luck involved in links in links golf a lot of the time you know it's uh, the draw can come into effect and obviously the the conditions can and weather conditions can come into effect and uh, I, I think people like that unpredictability yeah all right so better help uh basically what we got is in 2021 mental health is finally a thing so many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves tell me about it therapy helps and it doesn't have to leave you sitting around just talking about your feelings who wants to do that so what is therapy exactly it's whatever you want it to be you can privately talk to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with stress or if you're having relationship issues whatever you need it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. I like that. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Eric Anders Lang Show listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Anders. That's betterhelp.com slash Anders. Hey, it's Claude Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out, and now check out this podcast. All right, folks, Precision Pro, proud sponsor of Random Golf Club, big fans of this crew. Precision Pro's mission is to help golfers feel confident with quality rangefinders at an affordable price. Well, mission accomplished because they did it. They've been around for seven years and were the first to introduce a sub two bill slope rangefinder. That's under $200. And now they're still the one and only company that offers lifetime free battery replacement services, which is honestly really rad. But they didn't stop there. They continue to innovate throughout the years. And their fourth generation rangefinder has all the features that golfers need to help them get to know their distances and improve the games. Because uh, best of all, there's a random golf club version. I actually want to offer, I, w I went to their offices and sat down with their designer to create a rangefinder with the random golf club flair to it. It's beautiful. Our listeners can receive an extra $20 off the random golf club rangefinder or any of their laser rangefinders by using the code RGC20. That's RGC20. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Um, you, you're in a, you're in a, 
a small group in a lot of ways and a lot of stats in your career. Maybe the smallest group is that um, your relationship with your caddy is unusual. Can, yeah. can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah. <laughs> what, what most most caddies are kind of, uh, you know, hanging out with a group of guys, having a having a cigarette and a beer as soon as the round's done. But your relationship with your caddy is very different. Yeah, my fiance is my caddy, so uh, future wife, I guess, if this pandemic had ever go away and we could get married. And, uh, Where would that be, if you don't mind? Probably in England. Yeah. Oh, who knows? It could be Las Vegas at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Dubai? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very similar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a relationship that works very well. You know, I've had uh, uh, those kind of caddies you were talking about, but uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a period in my life where you know Helen knows me better than anybody, and. I, I need a psychologist out there a lot of the time to give me realities and things like that. And she's great at doing that, you know, bringing me back down to earth. Some some caddies would be afraid to say the things that she says to me on the golf course. How do you navigate the the work? You're at work on the course. You're maybe emotionally unavailable or maybe you need to be. How, what are yeah. the pros and cons is basically? Um, I, I, Helen kind of tr tries to, you know, we're just playing... We're just going around another green field tomorrow morning. You know, it's like golf, you know, shouldn't shouldn't mean as much to, to somebody as it does to a lot of the guys out here. You know, it's it's just a game at the end of the day. It's not life or life or death. You know, she uses that the, the, the great line, uh, did you die? <laughs> you know you know, I'll make a bogey like that, I'll be walking and I'll be swearing at myself and like and she'll go, Yeah, but did you die? And it's like, no, I didn't die there, did I? You know, just get, make make birdie on the next and let's go on with it. I, I kind of love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the age now where I need that. You know, I need a bit of a, a yeah. mental clip around the ear. <laughs> so, so, and how did the, what was the genesis? How did it start? Um, it started under, under um, terrible circumstances, really. Billy Foster was caddying for me and his dad passed away. And Helen said, I'll do it. And, you know, it was the first tournament of the year. It was three years ago and it was in Ab Abu Dhabi. So Helen came and caddied for me. And I did all my own yardages and I ended up finishing seventh, I think, or eighth. Um, Interesting. Do yeah. you ever, did you see a connection there? I, f I, I felt just really relaxed on the course that week. And because I'd done my own yardages, um, I had nobody else to blame. And so when you say do your own yardages, you don't, well, there, there's a process that you need to do. Like, like, can you explain what do your own yardages actually means? Because, well, you know, obviously measure how far I've got from my ball and hopefully the fairway to the to the pin and take into account the the uh, the wind. And so, oh, yeah, I see. So you have a yardage book yes. from the past that yeah. you access because, you know, you're not allowed to range finder. People listening, I just mm -hmm. want to make sure everybody's aware. So you're using a sprinkler head or an object and yeah. then you're just pacing it off. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been meditative. It gives me something to think about while while I'm kind of hovering around the golf ball, I don't get caught up with where the trouble might be. Right. Or, you know, it, it focuses me on the job in hand. Uh, you're probably also like, you own it a little more. That's exactly what it is. Um, even if I've made the wrong decision, it's, it's better that I'm 100% committed to the wrong decision than 50% committed to what might be the right decision. Whoa, I love that. Yeah. So. So anyway, so that was a three years ago, but yeah. she didn't. No, no. Then back, she didn't Billy, start on the bag full time. Billy came back, and uh, you know we had a bit longer. And then there was another reason why he couldn't caddy for me. And I played in uh, Denmark, and I lost in a playoff. Um, so 
you know, it felt felt like it worked again. And then myself and Billy decided to part ways. And the first week that Helen came, caddied for me. Uh, but I won in South Africa at the Ned Bank, which Billy was one of the first ones to come across to me. And, it, you know, he said, you could have waited a bit longer than one week to, <laughs> to win and win your biggest ever paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's great. And, uh, and then you just were like, all right, let's do this. And yeah. And what did she say? What did Helen say? Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Obviously she can't, she can't do it uh, week in, week out. Oh really? Um, Helen's got a 10 year old daughter. Uh, from another marriage i've got a 20 nearly 20 year old son and a 16 year old daughter from my previous marriage so we kind of have to juggle all those things sometimes my son caddies for me sometimes i get one of the other lads you know that's out here to caddy for me so you know i, I, I can uh, juggle it around my trainer's caddying for me next week in saudi arabia but because i'm doing doing all my own yardages and things like that um you know, I, it, I feel very comfortable, you know, having somebody like Steve Caddy next week in Saudi Arabia, as long as he can make it round with the golf bag on his back, which if he doesn't, he'll never hear the end of it. Um, <laughs> then it then it all works pretty well. And, you know, having different people on the bag, they talk to me about different things. And, you know, the conversations out there are different. And it, it keeps me away from thinking about golf too much while I'm out there, if that makes any sense keeps me away from thinking about golf too much yeah i love that well what does that mean just the wrong things you know letting my mind wander and uh and you know it's very easy for the mind to get ahead of itself and think about different things especially you know maybe if you're playing well and you start thinking about winning and you know there might be a day's golf to go you don't even know where you're gonna hit the next shot so you know the different conversations out in the golf course very much keep me in the present with regards to what's going on with the golf you're uh, you're a model of this like modern family. Yeah. Yes. What, what do you think of that? Um, I don't. I don't think too much about it. You know, I, I'm in a good place in my life, and you know, it, everything works well. Yeah. Um, maybe a few more questions on the. What was Helen's prior experience? There was no caddy experience. There was no. What, no. What is there anything in her life that? brought her into that in a good way that, that was helpful um i think she i think she thinks about the the mind a lot and she's obviously strong and quite sporty which helps when you're lugging that big heavy bag around a golf course but you know i think she, she's quite a deep thinker which helps when you're out on a golf course are you you're a deep thinker at times i try not to be when i'm out on the golf course I try. I try to be very sort of, bleh, right, bleh, dribbly. Would you, you just like almost like a little like a little drunk or something? Or like yeah, little, yeah. Interesting. Just kind of glazed and just, yeah, not thinking about it too much. That's, yeah, you know, I suppose it's like being in the zone, really, isn't it? That they they all talk about where you know you shoot a low score and you like get asked a question, what were you thinking about out there? And you and ten times out of ten, people say I wasn't thinking about anything. You know, they were just in. And, and that's you know they were just in this place and that's exactly it they weren't thinking about where their swing was or you know what they were going to do on the next hole or what they did two holes ago yes yeah, so you really do kind of if you're really engaged in it you don't you're not really thinking about no. it. You're, you're just doing it yeah is there anything else like that in your life i mean it, is it cycling maybe no not really no i i find that i find the cycling you know i have to concentrate and like when I'm on, I'm on the peloton, which I use quite a lot, I, I find it a mental battle to, you know, I'll get to that point where, you know, I have to 
um, have a have a chat with myself to keep on going and, and work harder. What is it? What's the chat like? It's, it normally involves swearing <laughs> in my own head because it's like I want to stop or I don't I don't want to hit this mark that the that the the spin instructor is giving me like because they're saying 120 now and you're like whoa like yeah I'd rather do 100 yeah no I, I I've always been very competitive you know my dad my dad brought me up to be you know everything was a competition so I've been competitive all the all through my life and even when i'm on the peloton i'm always wanting to wanting to do better and better myself you brought up your dad uh i'm i've i heard the story about your grandparents were maybe the people that got you into golf they bought me um my first set of golf clubs which was a half set of ladies clubs one christmas when i was 12 years of age which i put in the put in the wardrobe and you know i was into football soccer and rugby and cricket and running i was a good runner and I was like, golf clubs, what do I want with them? And I put them in the back of a wardrobe and left them for eight months. And, and then my dad taught me at school, taught me mathematics for, for uh, four years in the end. Um, and we had the same holidays and he liked to go fishing and I hated fishing. So he said, right, go and get that set of golf clubs out the, out the wardrobe and we'll go and have a game of golf at the local municipal. And that's where I started playing. And that was that was twelve, or that was a couple of years later. I was about thirteen. Thirteen, you first yeah. first game. Yeah, it was very quick. Um, it was a very quick progression for me. You know, thirteen, I started playing. Fourteen, I was like the area county champion in Nottinghamshire. Um, Fifteen, I won a national tournament. Uh, Sixteen, I was playing for England boys, um, and then the year after, I got picked for England men, and then at nineteen, I went to the tour school and I was playing on tour. So from starting at 13 to 19, from starting to getting on tour, which is fairly fast. That's insane. Yeah. At what point are you like starting to look at, I'm guessing Norman at the time or, or Gary player or, or, uh, it would have been like the golden generation of European golf, really Faldo, Lyle, Langer, Ballesteros, Lazabal, Woosnam, you know, a lot of good European golfers to choose from, but, you know, Greg Norman was one of the people that he was top of the list. So you know, winning open championships and um, top of the world rankings, best player in the world. So. so at what point are you, you're 13, and at what point do you look to those athletes and say, I, I, I think I'd like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really didn't like look at them and think that I, I, obviously worked very hard at my game and I got lessons straight away. So I didn't get into too many technical difficulties. You know, I had a good foundation because I had a good coach as a junior. And then it was like, oh, well, yeah, oh yeah, I've won the county championship. Oh yeah, I've got picked for England. So I'm in the top 12 in the country. And then I got I kind of got to 16. I was like, well, you know, maybe I'd like to do something in golf, whether it be, you know, being a professional on tour or, you know, working in a, in a pro shop, you know, giving lessons or something like that. Just wanted to be involved in golf. And then it just progressed really quickly. And, I think it all happened so fast. I didn't really have time to think about it, 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 it too much. I guess the best things do, right? You don't control. You don't. Yeah. You don't even really plan. No. How can you plan? Goes back to being young and and not having any expectations, really, doesn't it? You don't set any bar for yourself. You know, you. I, it's not like I stood on the range at, at fifteen, sixteen years of age and said I want to be the best player in the world. You know, I didn't really set any kind of. You don't dream that high, do you, sometimes? And, uh, you know, you just go out every day and just try and be better every day. 
So would you say that it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, you're not really a goal-oriented guy, but more of a process-oriented person? I'm very much process, yeah. Uh, not not goal. I don't set goals anymore. Um, when you think about golf, we don't win very often. I've, I've played somewhere in the region of probably eight or 900 tournaments, and I've got 44 wins, which is a lot of wins in a golfer's career. It's a lot. But it's not a lot of wins to percentage of tournaments played is it you know it's like five percent of the time 5%. i might be, i might have won so and that's a lot for a golfer so but i guess what if you categorize a win as a top 10 well this is What's the a thing win? But, what but, is a win lee but, westwood are any of the guys walking up and down this range setting a goal of finishing top 10 this week you know they'll be set, they'll be setting Some? a t yeah Pe possibly said it. who said it they were like they pay a lot oh, uh, <laughs> kisner right. they pay a lot for, for 20 plays. yeah 20. Uh, yeah yeah well they do i mean that's a good amount of money but it's not about the money. Yeah, but 20 people might play better than him that week and he might finish 21st, even if he's played his best golf possible. So, you know, I I, I go out there and just try and try 100% on every shot, you know, be into every shot, you know, don't let anything else distract me, commit to every shot. And then whatever happens from there happens. You couldn't say a winning total this week. You couldn't say I'm going to win this week. I'm going to shoot. <laughs> I'm going to shoot 22 under and I'm going to win because somebody might shoot 23 under. Brooks Koepka tried that. Yeah. So, you know, it's there's, there's so many variables and unpredictable things in golf that very difficult to set goals. And goals have got to be achievable as well. Else if you don't if you don't ever achieve your goals, you're constantly getting knocked, aren't you? You're always getting pushed back. You, goals are there, you know, to achieve and give you a boost and move you forward. Who, who or what taught you the most about golf? Um experiences have taught me the most about golf yeah going through it going through it yeah um you know moving up the world rankings and then dropping right down the world rankings living through that and figuring that out and realizing that at the end of the day it's me as an individual that's got to have faith in my own thoughts and kind of trust myself trust yourself more you're the you're the you're the one out there trying to uh a three would into the last year with a one shot lead, aren't you? Nobody else can tell you how to do that. Nobody else can tell you what you're feeling over the golf ball. You know, it's a, and, and everybody thinks differently. So it's about knowing yourself really well and knowing what makes say Lee Westwood tick and what makes me get the most out of myself. Uh, what's the title of your, uh, of your autobiography going to be? <laughs> uh, probably what it said on my school reports could have done better. Oh, come on. Could have tried better. Could have tried harder, most of them said. <laughs> I was one of those people that stared out the window, watching the clouds, waiting for a time where I could uh, walk out and go on the golf course and hit balls. <laughs> <laughs> don't, tell any, don't tell me kids that, though. But you're a happy person. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. What makes you so happy? I, I'm, just, I'm just very comfortable in, in the life that I've got right now. You know, there's nothing that I miss. There's nothing you want. No. If you could, you could have anything right now that you don't have, what is it? No, there isn't anything. What's on your bucket list outside of golf? What do you want to do that, that you haven't done yet outside of golf? Um, well, I've done a lot of things, but, you know, there's, there's stuff on there. There's, most would involve sporting events or traveling to places that I've not been to. And Where do you want to travel to? Uh, like to I'd like to see... Uh, the Greek islands do a bit of that. And I, had, I knew you were going to say Greece. Yeah. I really did. <laughs> there you go. 
Why been, uh, uh, you haven't never been, been there? there? No, no. Yeah. What? Uh, what do you need? You want me to, you want me to go faster? You want me to shut up? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. The handlers are telling us to grab. Any questions for me, Lee? No, not really. No, <laughs> no. That's kind of joke. Are you all right? I'm I'm great. Good. I'm really I'm really grateful for your time. Good. And uh, you're you're very pleasant to talk to. Thanks. And, and I really appreciate it. And uh, you know I've been a fan for a long time. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but you you definitely don't. But at the Tour Championship about eight years ago, maybe nine, I interviewed you, and I was holding the mic, and I had the camera, and I I got a photo um, of you and my brother because he works for UPS. Okay. And he got his tickets to the tour championship when at East Lake normally, you know, and uh, that was like that was like one of my first interviews I ever did right. uh, with a pro golfer. Right. So now we're here, and I'm I'm really just and I didn't chew you up or anything like that. No. <laughs> well, you didn't cheer me up. No, I didn't chew you up. No, no, you were out of time or anything. You were you were very kind. And oh, I good. Could, and why would you? Well, you were, you're a very kind person. Well, yeah, everybody's everybody has off days, don't they? No, no, no. But no, I try no. I try and be nice and uh, and, I, and thoughtful with answers when you know whenever I'm doing anything. Like no, I came up to you on the 18th green, now the ninth, the long par three. Yeah. And uh, you were about to go into the tunnel and go, and I said, "Can I, leave? Can Mr. Westbrook, can I ask you a few questions?" And I was asking you about if golf is a spiritual game or not well i appreciate your time again thanks so thank you and i wish you the best this Cheers. week and and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of you and helen and just the story is so interesting to me and i think i think golf benefits from that story thank you and i hope yeah. i hope that continues thanks thank you Cheers.